Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RSP cast. Joining me once again is one of my absolute just favorite people in this industry. And, and I've been so lucky to have a chance to have worked with him for for a few years on this podcast. Your, y'all's favorite and mine, Mark Schofield. Welcome back, my friend. It's always just great to have you and Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays, buddy. I mean, we just we just shared some some stories from you know <laughs> the past couple of years now because I was as I was telling Matt before we started recording, our water heater went out Christmas Eve, which is the best Christmas gift of all is to, <laughs> to wake up and our poor daughter Simone because the night before, like our kids shower before going to bed at night. That's kind of the bed, bedtime routine. Simone comes out. She's like, I didn't have any hot water. And my wife and I were just kind of like, oh, she's just probably, you know, we didn't think anything of it. And then we wake up the next morning. We're like meeting a family that we're really good friends with for like a Christmas Eve brunch. And my wife's like, we don't have hot water. And my, our first thought is like, poor Simone. Like we, we didn't we didn't put two and two together. She was telling us this. But everything's fixed now. I'm ready to dive into uh, Stetson Bennett. We're going to talk some Stetson Bennett film today. We're really excited about that. No, no, no. <laughs> Although I do want to talk about Stetson at some point because I just did a piece on him for SB Nation and I'm kind of intrigued. Can I just say that? Um, but no, we're talking about Game of Thrones today. Well, maybe, yeah. And and down the line, we will, I'm sure we'll get a chance to revisit and talk about Stetson Bennett and Tyson Bajant and may, maybe I saw just, you doing some Tyson Bajant film. Yeah, and maybe have some fun. Maybe we'll have some fun after the draft and or, or next year, and we can talk about John Matacha, who oh, Russ Landy kind of liked. Yeah. Um, wow. you know, um, you know, little flutie action going on there with old Matacha at 510 and 180 of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna seed the warriors that we looked at from the Game of Thrones um shows again. We we listed our favorites in terms of different categories of how we scouted them in the last episode. And the the basic guidelines was is that we had to see them on the actual television depiction of this of the these books actually fighting and for them to qualify. So people who we never saw fight like Robert Baratheon or Randall Tarley couldn't put them in it even though we knew they were great warriors. Um, but as a result of that, we talked about our favorites in different categories and how we scouted them. Now we're going to seed them, both going to do a 16-team seed, and then we're going to do an 18-team seed. And the reason we're going to do that is that our our consensus top two seeds, um, Sir Barristan and um, Sir Arthur Dane, um, were... We they were very they were great, but we saw Barristan late in his career. We only saw um bronze or excuse me, brands going back in the time to see one fight with Sir Arthur Dane. Um so we thought it'd be fun to do it with them in the tournament, knowing that they're gonna be the top two seeds, and then without because we didn't only got to see them fight once. So and and what what it would look like. So with that in mind, I'm going to I'm going to share I thought maybe what we would do is we would each share how we seated these guys 1 through 6 or these folks 1 through 16, talk about why we have them seated the way we do, and then we'll take a look at how I've seated them in a bracket to make sure that 
I didn't screw this up because, you know, the last time I've watched a basketball game <laughs> in total, even though I used to do it every Friday night before the RSP, Dwayne Wade was a rookie. So oh, wow. I haven't done any sports for a while. while. It has been a while. You know, as big of a fan as I used to be, I, I still remember watching Villanova Georgetown back in the 80s with Patrick mm. Ewing. Oh, but, um, and, and Pickney, Ed Pickney. But, uh, but anyway, seating-wise, starting without Dane and Barriston, who is your number one seed? Okay, so we're going to start at the top. Yeah. Um, starting without those two, I mean, it's kind of chalky, but the mountain. Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, as we talked about when we first did this show, I mean, we, we pulled quotes. I mean, close to eight feet in height, massive shoulders and arms thick as a trunk of small trees. I mean, he's got the power to yield a six-foot, two-handed greatsword with just one hand. We saw him, you know, on the brink of death, still manage to, like, squish Oberyn's head like a grape. I mean, it's hard to go against that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And my and we'll just make it one and two. I have the Mountain and Oberyn one and two right now. because I actually have Oberyn deeper. See, Very look at that. Deeper. See, so like, that's gonna and, be, yeah, that's gonna I be mean, fun. Yeah, um, but so you've got them one too. Yeah, because for me it was like I like Oberon's versatility with weapons, his agility. I I also saw you know he took the mountain to the brink, and I think that if we were talking about a tournament where he wasn't in a vacuum, where he wasn't obsessed with the trying to to conduct a trial with the Lannisters in the press in the in the fan box at the same time that he was fighting the mountain he might not have been so distracted he might have just killed his ass right then and yeah, there that's so, fair that's so, fair so I'm kind of giving Oberyn on the strength of that he was a, a very well-known and excellent warrior and he did nearly take down the number one seed so that was my that was my logic but who's your number two then the Hound. Ah. And see, I, I have mean, the Hound lower. I bet my Hound seat is the same place you have. It might be. Seated. It might be. Yeah. Okay. But so the Hound's number two for me. Again, he took the mountain to the brink. I mean, that, that it you know basically got the better of him. Now, whether you think that was the mountain as he truly was or just some sort of shell of a figure by that point because he'd been pumped with every sort of you know westerosian growth hormone you can think of i mean you know that is what it is so so the how is two for me i'm curious who's your three i have cal drogo as number three okay yeah i i drogo's a bit lower for me okay i put drogo three because again i liked him matching up well with brianne as being maybe a little quicker um strong um well, good technique, but he's also, he has some, he may not have acrobatics, but like we said, he's DE1. He's got that. Right. Bend. Yeah. He's edge one. Man. He's edge I mean, one. Yeah. He's got the bad. He's got the positive shit angles. Like, you know, he's got what you need. Like if it's third and seven, he's going to get you off the field. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that Drogo has power and agility. Um, and he also fights in a style that everyone seems to fear the Dothraki. And part of right. that fear is, is they're not familiar with their enemy. The Westerosi right. aren't familiar with them. So I think he has a bit of a, a novelty advantage along with the athletic advantage. Um, and he's just, his styles make fights. And I think that his style is just different enough. 
that he will torment people with trying to get familiar with him. So yeah, I mean, that's you? fair. Yeah. So my three, and this is something that over the course of getting ready for the previous episode and in our discussions, I started to warm to is Briette. Ah. Just because, you know, similar to the Hound being two to the mountains one, Brienne got the better, basically, of my number two. I mean, yeah. she got the better of Jamie, who, again, you know, obviously the situation was what it was. Like, he was weak at that point. It was before the, you know, the hand situation. But, you know, he was a prisoner at that time. Um, you know, she... You saw some dexterity and versatility in the, the training inspired with Arya, even though Arya got the better of her in the buildup and the foreshadowing of how she killed the Night King. But, like, over the course of doing this and getting ready for it, in our discussion the previous time, I've warmed to the idea that Brienne was kind of like the unsung, like, three seed. Now, anybody that's watching the CA tournaments knows the three seed is kind of a dangerous spot to be in, right? Because you're, right. you're going to get a tough draw. You know, you're going to get a tough battle in that sort of three seed situation. You're going to get like the, you know, the 14. I think that's how it works out. Um, Good. I so think that's going to be right. tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's three for oh. me. Yeah. So that's interesting. So four for me is Brianne's lower for me. And so okay. um, four, who do you have? Dario. Dario, there you go. And there's somebody else that also rose up the ranks. And it's similarly over in discussion of the versatility, right? Like I talked about it, you know, the kinds of weapons and the way he was trained. Like, you know, he spent years as a pit fighter, was able to, was trained as a Jothraki screamer, an Orvoshi priest, a Westerosi knight. You know, he uses a Jothraki Iraq, a Marish stiletto. Um, he's used a bunch of different weapons, a bunch of different fighting styles. Like when we, when I first sat down and prep for the previous, the first episode, I basically thought he was going to be like middle of the pack. But the more I read about him, the more I revisited him, he rose up ranks for me. And Dario's a mid seed for me. He's not in this level, but I understand the argument. It's a great argument, and it may, uh, it may be one where I have him ranked too low, and he's an underdog that shouldn't be. Um, but I, I looked at him talking to Jorah and saying, you know, when they were talking about fighting and him saying, I might win. He goes, I, I, I'll lose either way. If I fight you, Jorah, basically, you know, right. if I lose, I lost to a, an old man. Um, and if I win, then I beat an old man. So yeah. what is it? And I, and I think that I look at someone having that conversation and I think there's a level of respect there, but I look at Jorah and as much as I like, I think Jorah had unbelievable stamina. Um, yeah. But I don't think that he's an especially great fighter and he nearly yeah. lost a number of fights. And if Dario wasn't like, you know, Dario, part of it too is Dario didn't want to displease his queen and, right. and was mature. But I still think that he had a healthy respect for him. So I have Dario ahead of Jorah, but he's lower on my list. My number four is Arya. Um, wow. I, I just am, I, I look at it this way. I know that the wave was like, you know, we saw those little Terminator references of her like running through the streets and how acrobatic she was, but she kept fighting Arya as the bully. She was like yeah. the kid who, who was initiating Arya throughout the whole entire process of her training. 
Arya, she often fought Arya when Arya was blind and she could see. Um, she often understood the game of what they were trying to do and was teaching her a game that she had to abide by, not how she actually would fight. So I think in a I think in an actual real situation fight where she wasn't being snuck up on and they're facing woman to woman, Arya would wipe the fucking floor with the waif. Like, the waif would have, like, no chance. And then when I think of Arya and Brienne fighting to a draw um, and the, the versatility of the weapons that she uses and her quickness, to me, she's not far off from Oberyn. I think she's... I think there's not much of a of a difference there and when the fact that Brienne says tells the hound you know when they're they're walking to um king's landing and walking to the dragon pit and he's like well where is she well who's protecting her and she goes um nobody you know she you know um she, nobody wants to get in her way you, you, you know and so you're on mute but uh but uh but when she uh you know, so from that perspective, I like her as the four seed because she, I think she can handle herself. And I think her quickness and her versatility will pose a problem for everyone but certain size matchups. And that's where she might get into trouble. Yeah. I mean, a potential one four of her versus the mountain is tough. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's where the, that's where the problem gets in. So how about you? Where are you at with the next seeds? So my five is Drogo. Okay. I mean, again, he's he's high up for me. My six is Oberyn, and this is where, you know, the like seven through thirteen tier is really tough for me. You could probably stack these any way you want to go. I've got John seven. Okay. I've got Jamie eight. Okay. And again, Jamie's tricky because you get the one hand thing, but. You know, he he found a way to make it work. I got Grey Worm nine and Aria ten. Okay, that's cool. So for me, I have we have completely different tiers. This is fun. I have Braun fifth. Okay. Wow, I know you love Braun. I I, have, I, I I knew you were high on Braun based on the and, first episode. And and part of that is everything we've talked about is he's cunning, he's versatile, he's an excellent swordsman, and I think of. The respect that the Hound kind of had for Braun. I also think of that Braun knew who he could take and who he couldn't. And that's the mountain that he knew. He said, even if I could, why would I go through that? You know, like right. he was cagey in that way. But the versatility, being able to handle different weapons um, and be in situations that are unknown. And he's a very, um, he's a dirty fighter. And, and to me, the best fighters are dirty fighters. They find the angles. He's like the, the he's like the DeAndre Hopkins of fighters in the sense that oh, that's he, a great comment. you know, he will fight you dirty. Um, he may not be the quickest, fastest, but he will find the right angles and exploit it. And he'll mug your ass like at every turn and and get you off balance. And and he's reliable. And when I think of the, the the final scenes like when Braun is pissed Braun has been like nice throughout the entire show to the Lannisters like he's 
and he starts to get more and more on edge when they're not paying him or they keep taking away things they promised and now he's got to do other things now he's got to stare down a dragon now he's got all these crazy things going on and he finally has enough um when cersei has gives him the crossbow to go kill the two lannisters and give him money and he's like i've had enough of this crazy shit so he has that scene with them where he punches you know um Tyrion in the in the nose and shoots the crossbow at jamie and i remember him saying and it's that moment of like i'm so pissed off i'm going to say exactly what's on my mind to these people who i've been trying to be nice to for years and his moment was when when um jamie went to grab his sword and he said don't even think about it i was better on you i was way better than you than your best days and your best days are way behind you and and to me i know that's just talk but that combined with that layer says to me he's a good tear up from jamie even though everyone celebrates jamie what i think is i see jamie as the overrated guy who's overrated in skill but vastly underrated in will and so it's like he's a i still have jamie high i mean like after braun i have brianne sixth um just because bran showed she could fight dirty but i thought that you know she was she had a stalemate basically with the hound and beat him she did take him I don't know if she matched up as well with Arya. I think Arya was quicker than her. She's she's not super quick. And I think with edge weapons, you don't necessarily have to win on Braun. And she does have stamina. So she's got strength and stamina and skill. So six to me is a good seed. I just don't think she's quite as tricky as Braun. So Braun's yeah. a little over her. I have Jamie at seven. Um, okay. So she took Jamie at... She, I, she's just. She, I think she's a little better than Jamie, and this is Jamie with both hands. Um, okay. And Jamie to me is the type of guy though that he could be that seventh seed that winds up in the final four. That makes a run. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's cunning enough, skilled enough, and has will that is underrated. And so then after that, eighth for me is the Hound, um, mainly okay. because, yeah, I know he beat his brother. But it was like he had to kill himself to beat his brother. He, yeah. you know, and when I think of skilled guys, he's a brawler and that style can win, but he's not, and he's technically pretty sound. But who is he like, you know, he's, him holding off the mountain a couple of times is really good. And But I probably have him a little bit underrated, but I just think it's because, again, there are a lot of bruisers who could be, good with him and a lot of speedsters and acrobatic guys who might be able to take him because they're disciplined enough to not get into a gutter war with him right you know and and i think brianne i think brianne you know the fact that brianne took him brianne really had him beat technique wise until he just then said no and she wanted to make him give up and spare his life and then he said fuck this and then she still beat him so if I have her six, he's got to be eight because that was, to, to me, that that was part of it. She really bested him twice in one fight, even if it was a great fight. And then ninth, I have Dario, mainly because I'm, I've am i underrated him probably. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, your, your point about the discussion with, with Jorah makes a ton of sense. Yeah, so, so Dario's ninth, and then I have 
10th, 11th, and 12th is I have Ned 10th um, mainly because I think that he what he, he was able to take Jamie and take him fairly far. Um, and he was known as a good fighter. So And he held his own with Sir Arthur Dane long enough that the floor wasn't wiped with him. He was losing, right. but he held his own long enough that he bought time for someone to 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 help him out you know give a little hand yeah yeah so so ned's you know ned's a little higher i have john 11th um wow you know in in that and john moore is the because i like john's john's technique is strong but i think daddy taught son or that part of daddy you know i know that yeah the other guy taught, taught john but but john but john to me while he can fight um he does get bested by power guys a fair bit um from what i've seen he's or he's has some trouble with them at least he's got stamina but i think he hasn't the power guys that he's fought might not have had a chance against the likes of cal drogo the mountain or even the hound the hound right. might have been a better fight so i have him at 11 and jora i have at 12 right now okay okay so I've got, I'll do my like 11 through 16 now. I've got Ned at 11 uh, for a lot of the reasons why you might say, like maybe he's, you know, past his prime, but you know, when he was younger, healthy, look, helped win Robert's Rebellion, you know, known to be a great fighter. And like you said, you saw some of that passed on in John. I've got Braun 12 and here's why. Anybody that's watched the NCAA tournament knows the 5-12 is a nightmare. You don't want to be the five because the 12 is always that champion of a mid-major conference that's an underdog, that's scrappy, that finds a way to win. That's Braun. He's Memphis, Memphis, huh? Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's like, you know, St. Peter's or Mount St. Mary or, you know, know, what was it? Like Gulf Coast that like nobody's watched unless you're like stayed up yeah that you know murray state something like that that's like one attorney ken palms got them like with great numbers and things like that but it's like nobody's gonna like really buy in on them going in but then they make the deep run because they know how to win and they're you know they're ready they're battle tested to me that's brawn he's probably worthy of a higher seed like where you've got him but I think 12 makes so much sense for Braun as Braun is like a 12 seed that makes this deep run that we're talking about in the final four. So Braun's 12 for me. Tormund is 13. He's kind of been an afterthought in this entire exercise. Like yeah. he never really sort of cracked any of the top threes. I think you might have had him in one. Um, but, you know, again, a, a 13 seed could make a run. And in sort of my world, a 413 of Dario versus Tormund would be fascinating. For me to think about i've got sergio foyal at 14 i've got the wave 15 and poor jora i mean like you said most of the times we saw him he didn't really win like he struggled in a lot of matches uh but yeah he's 16 for me that's awesome so yeah we're definitely gonna have to look at my bracket and change a couple of think key things here I, I have a feeling just to make sure i've got this right because i don't think i do but for me 12 i had jora um, as I mentioned, 13 was Grey Worm. I have... Oh, I totally... I mentioned Grey Worm, right? Yeah, he's my nine. Okay. He's your All nine. Right, I yeah, I had, I had Grey Worm 13, and maybe that's a little low, but I think he's more of a melee fighter than he is a one-on-one guy. 
and I've, I've yeah. we've only seen him handle one weapon um, on top of that and he got overwhelmed by a bunch of um, rich lords basically right you know so I mean I think he's he's an excellent fighter obviously brave he could be a guy that could move up but I think that there's some limitations to his game um, and maybe I'm underrated 14th I have Tormund he's like yeah. you said he's that like he's that wrestling guy who's like slightly above jobber status who right. looks like a tough jobber and he can win but you don't he's like he's more of the regional tough guy than he is the um the great great warrior you know right you know he's more the like back in saint olaf you know i was right, able to right. you know i was able to you know and he tells all these great local exploits and he's tough and he but i just don't think he can take the top guys technique wise um 15 i have the waif um okay yeah. and mainly because i think she does have versatility she has stamina um and i think that edges out foil to me only because while a foil story is great that he's a that he's this teacher with a wooden sword who was able to hold his own against people with real swords and i think that sometimes you know sometimes teachers the the fact that the teacher is in this tournament is a compliment to the teacher but there might right. be a reason why he's a teacher as opposed to a doer um, yeah. one is that he might be just be wise but the other is that I don't think I don't know how versatile he is other than just with one blade and with one style of fighting so that's where I have the 16 team and I want to share this screen with you so you can take a look at to me whether or not um, you know where I need to make the changes with my particular seating in terms of numbers here for where I've got this right now because I kind of went around in a circle here of how yeah I, I mean I think the only change is um four usually gets 13 and 5 12. okay okay yeah cool but other than that no everything else works all right so does three get does three get um 15 instead of no, three gets 14. Okay. Because you get one 16, two 15, three 14, four, four 13. 13. I just messed yeah. that up. Okay, good. Yeah. So then, yeah. So in this case, the way that it would look for the 16-team elimination for mine, and we'll go through Mark's, is I have the Mountain with a one seed facing Sergio Foyel. Um, and we'll talk about that. You know, we'll talk about our matchups next week or the next time we, we meet up. Oberon with the Waif um, as their first, the first round matchup. Um, Brienne and John um, as a 6-11, which I think is kind of intriguing. Like, a, that's an intriguing matchup. Cal Drogo versus Tormund, which I think would be fun because Tormund's a little crazy. Um, but I think it's kind of like similar, maybe similar styles in certain respects. Two tough guys. One's yeah. just a little more skilled. Um, Jamie versus Ned, the rematch, which could be fun because Ned, you know, that, that'll be a test for Jamie right away, um, you know, at his best. Um, then you have the Hound versus Dario, which yeah. could be fun. The Brawler versus the Technician. Um, and then it would be Arya versus Grey Worm, if, we, if I'm doing this right. 
Arya versus Grey Worm, which could be a fun fight um, there. And then Braun versus Jorah, which I think Braun's... I, I think Braun would be heavily favored yeah. there. So that means that the Braun, Braun would have to face the Mountain if the, if, if the favorites work out. Arya would have to face either... If Arya won, she would have to face either the Hound or Dario, which would be a fascinating fight. Um, and then Oberyn, Oberyn would have... If Oberyn beats the Wave, he'd face either Brienne or Jon which could also be another fun fight, even if you would favor Oberyn. And then Cal Drogo, if he won, would have to face either Ned or Jamie. And so Jamie, if Jamie gets, if Jamie gets to the final four, it would be, he had earned every bit of that um, from, you know, if he had to face Cal Drogo. That's kind of where yeah. I'm at. So looking through mine right now, I'm trying to sort of sketch it out here. Um, wait, did I screw that up? No. So your 116 is Mountain versus Jorah. Okay. And, you know, that's obviously going to go how we think it's going to go. Yeah. Your, um, I'll just kind of go like one, two. Uh, your 215 is Hound versus the Wave. So you've got that. Um, your 314 is Brienne versus Sergio. Yeah. I'm, I think Brienne's going to be fine yeah, there. Yeah. Your four thirteen is an interesting one. Dario versus Tormund, like that could be intriguing. Yes. Five twelve is fascinating. Drogo, Cal Drogo versus Braun. Yes. Like that's going to be fun to think about. Your six eleven is Oberyn versus Ned which I'm also very intrigued by. Yeah. Then you get seven ten. And this might be the most fascinating to me of all because I don't know if they do it. John versus Arya. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't even know if they'd fight. Right. Like, imagine if Arya kills John with a needle. Like that would be <laughs> interesting to think about. Um, and then you're eight nine, Jamie versus Grey Worm. Yeah. I'd take Jamie there, even though I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's the age, so he'd be the the. And so, so I was thinking about some potential because then you would get one eight mountain versus Jamie, and then you'd get two seven, which could be if favorites win Hound versus John, and then your three six would be Oberyn Brienne, and your four five Dario Drogo. Yeah, so we have some we have some fun matchups to talk to think about for the coming week with that in mind now let's before we go on to the 18 team single elimination that that i'm that i've put up here for mark and i to look at um what are your thoughts about dane and barrister when we add them to this mix well yeah like you said we both have them one two going into this exercise you know when when i started looking at this weeks ago and into the first say 30 minutes of the first episode, my entire thought process was Sir Arthur Dane is your one seed. Like, he was the best fighter at all of Westeros. Like, legendary. And we saw glimpses of it, you know, the Tower of Joy scene. But the more I thought about it, it's something you said, and I even dredged up a quote from GRRM about it, about how he said on a message board like 10 years ago that if Sir Arthur Dane was allowed to use Dawnstar, 
that he would win in a fight between the two. But if all things were equal, Sir Barristan would win. And that has stuck with me since. So I've got Sir Barristan as my one seed. Because if we're, if you're telling me that everything else is equal, he'd win in the fight. And that's from the mouth of George R.R. R. Martin itself. He's the one seed. I like that. I like that argument. So my, and I thought about that too. So my, my, I still have Dane the one seed, but it was based on the assumption of why. And this is, this is a worthwhile question that I need to know. Why wouldn't he have Don, Don Star? Yeah. I mean, if he's got it, he's the one seed. Yeah. You know? And, and it's just because initially, and that was the argument because we had this discussion in the last episode. And I was just like, you know, I, assuming he gets Dawnstar, like he's he's the one seed, like he's the best yeah. fighter. And, and you talked about the Tower of Joy scene where he's holding two swords. I was like, look, man, if the guy could do that, he's the best. But then you made the point that, like, look, you know, if we're removing everything, sort of normalizing things a bit, the fact that Barristan would have the, the run of play. He's probably the better pure fighter. Yeah. So I've I've really sort of flipped on it because, like I said, going into this, I was like digging up Arthur Dane quotes and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming loaded for Bear for this one. He's the one seed. But that's because before we hit record, you sort of said, has anything changed in your mind? We should talk about up front. And I said, yeah, something has, but we should talk about it when we do this part of the show. I've flipped. I've become Barristan one, Dane two. I love it. I think that's awesome, you know, and it's a it's a cool thing to consider. I know for for me, I mean, it, I think I've got this right. I don't know if I do. Um, look at it. Look at it for me again, Mark. If if I have the right seating here, should I? Is it the three fourteen? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think we'll have to tinker with this a little bit because in the second round, you know, if the higher seeds win, one gets eight, and then. Four gets five, I think. Okay. Yeah, because so, you're trying to set it up so one plays four, two plays three. Okay. Um, you know, but we, you know, we can tinker with that as as we go. Yeah. So we'll look at that because right now, where, the way I have it, it's probably wrong. But the matchups, I have like Foyel and Grey Worm in the entry seed tournament to to play Arthur Dane, basically face Arthur Dane, the one seed. Yeah. And then I have. Tormund and the Waif as the 16th and 17th seed to try and fight to to face Sir Barristan, who's the second seed. Yeah, and as as for that, you we might have to have the bottom two overall okay. in the play in because what you're trying to have set up is make sure the one seed gets the lowest seed possible. Okay, and so you're probably going to have um, Foyel versus the, the Waif, for example, the 18-17. So the winner of that's the lowest seed left no matter what. Because gotcha. in this scenario, you know, Dan could face Grey Worm, the 15, which is, you know, still an easy out, I think, but, you know. Yeah. It's I, a little bit tougher than, say, Sergio or the Wave. Yeah, I got you. So, so it would be Sergio and the Wave and then Grey Worm versus Tormund to fight Sir Barristan. Right, and then, as the two. Yeah, and then after that, I have... Aria and Dario as the, or excuse me, who's the, there's the two, the three. The three, I have Mountain as the three seed. He faces Jorah, Jorah the 14th seed. Yeah. Um, and then Oberyn fourth J facing John Stark, who's the 13th seed. Yeah. Um, and then after that, fifth would be Drogo and Ned Stark. Um, sixth would be Aria versus Dario, the 11th seed. Seventh being Braun 
and the Hound yeah. at the tenth seed, and then eight and nine is Brienne and Jamie. That's uh, a fascinating again. matchup. Yeah, exactly. And they have the and they'd have to face Arthur Dane if Dane obviously cruises like Yeah, I mean expect. a one eight nine of Arthur Dane versus Brienne or Jamie is just that's brutal for Brienne yeah. and Jamie because they would advance yeah. in a lot of other scenarios. Yeah, but to draw Dane in the second round, that's that's tough. Yeah, whereas like Dro- whoever wins between Drogo and the Mountain, um, they get to they they get to the final eight, um, or the final four, and face Barristan there if Barristan yeah. wins, and I would imagine that he would. Unless Braun is just so sneaky good that he could somehow unseat Barristan, and I just don't, I don't know that. Would I be, don't see that, but I, I mean, don't. It would be a, it would be a cheap move. Like Bar, like Braun would have to know something about Barristan and be able to sneakily exploit it in a way. Like maybe, yeah. maybe he knows that Barristan's got like a blind. Maybe when he makes a certain move, that's a signature move that you know Braun knows that. If I have a little sand in my hand, I can put that shit in his eyes, yeah. blind him, and then get the cheap win. And, they, and, and, and that's a fascinating thing to think about because you know Sir Barristan fights with honor. Yeah. Like, and, and you think about the scene from scene one where yeah. he's Tyrion's champion and, you know, Braun basically says, you know, he fought with honor and he, like, kicks him through the moon door. Like, yeah. you could see a scenario like that played out where Sir Barristan is trying to fight with honor and Braun gets the better of him because... Like you said, throw sand at his face or spits in his eye or something. Yeah, like I could see doing that, but it, can Braun even get past the Hound for that to Yeah, happen? I mean, he's going to get past the Hound to do that. <laughs> so, whereas, you know, I don't think the Hound is that tricky, but the brown, the Hound, hound is brutal. So, yeah. it's like, you know. But like you said, Braun's got the will. Yeah. 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 So, it's a, so I, you know. It'll be fun for us to kind of go through this as we, you know, as we venture into our next episode with this. Um, and um, I'm going to make a suggestion. Yeah, please. We do it over two parts. Okay. Or even more. Because okay. I think we could probably split the bracket in half. Yeah. And do like top half and do it out, bottom half and do it out. And then, heck, we could even have just an episode on the final four. I like we that. Do it over I, three episodes. I like that idea because I think what we can do too is they can give us some alternate possibilities. So we can yeah. say, here's one scenario that we see can happen. Here's another. So that way, like yeah. the the whole Brown beat Brown beats the Hound, but he I also mean, beats could... Barristan because of this is what he could conceivably do. Because yeah. we could probably yeah. spend forty minutes on those two. Yeah, Barristan versus the play in, and then Brown Hound like. I could see us going for 40 minutes on those those alone. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, cool. Well, this was fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as you did the last one. Um, you know, we appreciate that you guys, um, you know, enjoy the fact that we're taking a little break from ball as we get into draft season. We'll get back to ball soon enough. Yeah, Don't worry. We will, uh, without a doubt. I've Mark, I've watched 16 quarterbacks at this time of the year. I've seen you've been – Working your way through the QBs. I'm very far behind, but I'll, I'll catch up over January. Well, I laugh because I'm behind in my overalls because I spent so much damn time on these quarterbacks. Um, so I'm usually at like 90 to 100 players. I'm at 80 right now. But I think in in 
in Matt years and R is like people say in dog years. Well, in RB right. RB wide receiver years, I'm actually closer to where I usually am. So. Well, Matt, we're we're do I see it happening again where everybody is already saying, Matt, the 2024 class is awesome. The 2024 classes. We do this every year. Yep. And every and, uh, and me and Adam were just are talking about how great the wide receiver class was for this year. Um, and people were like, well, this class is good, but it wasn't like the year before. It wasn't like, right. but there's some models and what Adam's doing. If you want to check out our film and data podcast, it shows that Christian Watson is um, in a special tier. And Chris yeah. Olave isn't far behind. And Garrett Wilson isn't far behind that either, you know. And right. Drake London is up there, so yep. and it's just disguised a little bit by the uh, quarterback play, you know. Yeah. we'll just put it that exactly. way. Exactly. Those damn quarterbacks, Mark. I don't. They're know the worst, they Matt. They're the yeah, worst. They're the worst. They are the worst, you know. But you know, they do they do earn their their money when they when it's time. So you know, Mark yeah, earns his. Part. Yeah, Mark earns his. You know, you can find him at Mark Schofield. You can find me at Matt Waldman. You can find the rookie scouting portfolio at mattwaldman.com. And it's available for $21.95 at pre-order. Um, it'll be available April 1st like it has been for the past 18 years. Um, so the RSP is either going to trade school soon, going to college. Um, you know, it can rent. It's it's. We're working on maybe a basement apartment that it can maybe uh, work out of. Um, but it's got to pay some rent. That's all I know. Um, you know, that's how we do around here. You know, we want them to be self-sufficient. And the RSP has been doing that pretty well. It's, it's done it's done pretty well on that front. So if you're interested in finding out more about it, again, mattwaldman.com. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed it. I know we did. See ya.